Involuntary. Done contrary to or without choice. Immigrant. Definition 1. A person who immigrates. Definition 2. A plant or animal that becomes established where it was previously unknown. One of my mentors died in a house made for crack rocks. The other one died in a prison drinking hemlock. The Y2K issue is this. People are always and have always talked about the end of the world. They failed. We still here. Man has searched for the mystery God. They failed. Not found. It's through religion we get the notion of revelation all things coming to an end. Failure. We're not living in our current reality. Now there's this theory that the poles will shift now. But we've never seen this before. So they say rely on the science. Fuck science in the ass with gun oil lubrication or KY after drinking gin with royal honey hole. If the poles gonna shift, what can we do? If the world is bound to end, what can we do? This is another play to degodonize you. Notice I did not say dehumanize. Because that's your best. You are love. Ron Isley voice ho. God is love. Dogma, eugenics, nuclear weapon, everything religion and science has ever introduced cause destruction. Because the people living life to the best of their ability focus on living. Not gaining credentials. So everyone with credentials miss some aspect of living. This is like the Mike Jackson theory I created. See, motherfuckers say MJ was the way he was with kids because he didn't have a childhood. Yet you wouldn't let your kids stay at his house or our Kelly house alone. MJ was not the first child and he damn sure wasn't the first Negro child to have to work his whole childhood. Motherfuckers just hate to crush your childhood idols activities. See, this is idolization. The worst sin. We idolize motherfuckers we wish to become because we have no idea of what we can become. You've been tricked from God. You made in his image and likeness, yet you think it's impossible to be like God. Dogma. They told you Jesus was God instead of a man that represented the image and likeness of God. They even gave you a white picture and told you it was Jesus. Then knowing Jesus was a person like you who overcame the social indoctrination of his society and became God body makes him a true role model, a model in which you play your role. Trignology. If Jesus is God, he's less impressive than if he was a black man with God-like attributes. Tricked off your motherfucking blessings. You now a kidnapped orphan. You searching for anything that makes you imagine a lineage or sleep better rather than accepting the truth. You searching for anything that is universally accepted rather than truth. You searching for anything that is easily accepted rather than truth. <laughs> Moment of honesty. I don't have the answers. But I know bullshit when I hear it. 
I can't say let my people go when my people volunteer to be in bondage. Painful. But you hang from the righteous rope so your feet are not grounded. The dirt is worth more than gold three. Blessings. You found it. Dirt is worth more than gold three. Another year we made it. And I'm glad y'all made it with me. Check me out. When a child plays with a puzzle and the outcome is incorrect, you can help them in different ways, right? You can let them fail until they get it right. You can speak to them rudely and say shit like, stupid motherfucker. Or you can give them positive words of encouragement like, you got this. That's what I'm talking about when they make a move towards progression. Or when they line shit up, you can manually do realignments. See, now you may not agree with all of these, maybe just a few, but each one can be a motivating factor for education and doing for self. Fresh off this fake-ass Black History Month, IIP hits its anniversary. I see, I'm one of them people who see Negroes wishing for inclusion as one of the worst fucking traits. They didn't kill MLK Jr. when he talked about holding hands. He was murdered shortly after he spoke about wealth and land. I actually see Black History Month as another tool of robbery towards the American Negro to make a second-class citizen. Because how the fuck is black history not American history when the Negroes built America? Now, I might be scaring you. See, my first episode was The Dirt is Worth More Than Gold, where I talked about how Gigi people were being robbed due to heirs' property and stipulations by way of law manipulation. This The Dirt is Worth More Than Gold 3. Inclusion is our biggest enemy. Next to illusion. So I brought back one of the only politicians I've ever seen run against this nonsense machine. Hey, this is Mango the Goat. This is another great episode because I got the legend on. Again, I brought him back because I had people ask me for him to come back, come back, come back. Um, last time he was on, he was going through a campaign, so it's been hard to get in contact with him because he's busy fighting for our people. So, um, Brother Marcel Dixon. Now, hey, how are you doing? I'm good, man. How the hell have you been? I've been well. You know, you taught me something last year, and I've been waiting to tell you this in person. I think I wrote it to you, but you taught me that Claiborne must make the best catfish in America. Because I didn't hear this man say shit, and he surprised the hell out of me by actually winning. I thought he was fucking out of there. And, you know, I'm a Florida resident, so all I could do to help the cause was, you know, share what I can from you. But it, it really blew my mind, you know, the whole outcome. But what I thought was more amazing than anything is how you did that on a short notice. How you did that, you ran on a short notice and had the outcome and the love that you got. And I thought that shit was beautiful. Well, um, let me say, of course, I mean, I'm disappointed by bum one, but I'm not surprised. Yeah. 
one of the, I'm not mad at Clyburn. I'm not even mad at his voters. First of all, let's put things into perspective. And you can talk to people who are here in this area, and they will tell you the same thing. He had to work like he never worked before mm-hmm. to get in office. People throughout the district are saying they have never seen a Clyburn billboard before. I've lived here my entire life. I can tell you that's true. I've never seen a Clyburn billboard. <laughs> never had Clyburn send flyers to everyone's mailbox like he did this past election. Never saw Clyburn do listening sessions. Never so did I see Clyburn have to get the vice president to come down and endorse him and say to people, please vote for hey, him. We have to get him back in office. You know, here's something That's- funny. Here's something funny, right? Because I saw she she made me question something because I saw her say she when she get down there, she got to get her collard greens and she was running through the airport with these two big bags of collard greens. And I was like, well, what was this bitch luggage at? But- exactly. Well, first of all, oh, OK, let me just finish <laughs> my original thought about how, yeah, he won. But even with the vice president coming down and endorsing him, even with him being in office for 30 years. And even with him supposedly being so powerful, he still couldn't get even 50,000 votes. He still could not cross 50,000 votes. He got 48,000. For a man who's supposed to be as powerful as he, and who's been in office for 30 years, and who's supposedly so loved, you would think people will be rushing out to vote for him. That did not happen. Number two, I started in, I announced in July 2021. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't really even start hitting the ground with my campaign until January 2022. Yeah. So I was able to get close to 5% of the vote with really no money, no mainstream coverage, no name recognition, no political background, no connections, just literally waking about my bed and building what I built from scratch. In six months, I went from no interview to now over 200. Yeah. Even Time Magazine called and interviewed me, kept me on the phone for almost two hours. My campaign manager and I, we both said when it was over, we thought it was never going to end. I have been on Fox. I have been graciously invited and was flew out to speak at the largest reparations rally in our country's history mm-hmm. that was hosted by Tariq Nasheed in Washington, Yeah, blessings to, a blessing to that brother, man. I have been invited to speak. Yes, it's a very great thing he did. I've been invited to speak at, they're not MAGA rallies, they're really election integrity events, but they're mainly attended by white conservatives who identify as MAGA, and I've been able to speak with them about reparations, Mm -hmm. okay? So I may not have won this election, but we, my people and I, we are winning this race. And we sure as hell may not have been able to keep Clyburn out of office, but I bet you that Clyburn that's in office now is a hell of a lot more aware of the fact that his time and the time for people who think and operate like him, insulting black Americans, neglecting black Americans, taking most of the black American vote, 90% of the black vote goes to the Democrats. Yeah. They will not exist without black Americans. You used to call them the Democrats, right? Voted for the Democrats, their party will be six feet under. And yet they've been neglecting the other, putting everyone ahead of us. 
they realize that things are changing and they're trying to get ahead of it, but it's too damn late. It's here, it ain't going away, and this wave is only getting bigger. Hey, so they I, talk I, about the red I, wave. I got a question they talk for about you. The blue wave, they better get prepared for the black wave. I got a question for you. So you, you ever thought about running conservative? I am a I am a conservative. Oh, okay. Because I thought you uh, the last one you weren't. I'm not a Republican. Yeah, that's what I meant. You ever thought I'm about not running a Republican? You ever thought about running Republican? Is what I meant to say. On the Republican ticket. I mean, the reason I ran as a Democrat, it has nothing to do with like party affiliation or party loyalty. Mm -hmm. The reason I ran as a Democrat is because here's what happens a lot in politics: the Democrats get or did over ninety percent of the black vote. And yet they, for the past 60 years, we've been voting for them. We have less homes now. We are on less land. Our wealth is going backwards. Our kids are killing themselves more. We don't even have damn clean water. But they can send billions to Ukrainians. They can send billions on illegal immigrants. If I were to run as a Republican, that will make them happy. Because when they have their little meetings, when they have their little conventions, I would not be able to attend those things. And therefore, they will be able to continue abusing our people, and I will be locked out. Running as a Democrat allows me to keep this type of message and energy in their face. I'm in the House with them, letting them know they owe us where's our money. So I'm holding them accountable from the inside. They will love for me to go and run as a Republican so they can be free from being held accountable. I'm not giving them their wish. They've gotten away <laughs> long enough with abusing our people. So I'm not saying I'm guaranteed to run as a Democrat this past time. All I'm going to say is stay tuned. But however I choose to run, I can tell you this, they ain't going to be running my people over any goddamn more now. <laughs> so, you know, um, my first time I did this, I started this off, it was 2021, right? And it, it was kind of like I had an awakening, right? I, I, You know, I used to be out there and I wasn't really a political dude. And, it's, I'm, and I'm not an activist now. I'm more so philosophy because um, I was indoctrinated with so much shit that I found out to be wrong. So on my very first uh, episode of this... I was explaining the story that really motivated me and it was looking at how the Geechee people were losing land in South Carolina based on the heirs' property and, and whatnot. So I named the first episode Dirt is Worth More Than Gold. And every year I'm going to do a Dirt is Worth More Than Gold. Um, it was after I did the Dirt is Worth More Than Gold then I heard you campaigning and I said, holy shit, we, it's, it's, it's a fucking actual person that's talking about this shit. Like, and you did that yourself. And... The thing that shocks me is, right, this is like knowledge that you can easily find. A lot of the shit that you, you talk about is real shit that you can easily find. So all of these po uh, politicians that came before you, it's like they just chose to ignore it. So, I, I you know, I found that disrespectful from their behalf. Um, and that's why I thought doing the dirt is worth more than gold three. I said the only person I ever heard talk about, you know, the land being stripped and what we really deserve and making America great again by way of doing right by the original people. I, th I thought that was beautiful. Some people say like I'm anti a lot of this other shit, but it's like, no, I believe in the bottleneck system. So you're doing for all of these immigrants 
and this and that and just ignoring our pain, ignoring a lot of that shit. So I applaud you for that, man. Let me tell you, I don't know why we, and we don't understand, well, I shouldn't say we don't understand, but we don't give enough attention to the importance of land ownership. You are, I love that saying, dirt is worth more than gold, because where do you find the gold? In the dirt. the dirt. In the dirt. If you don't own the dirt, you sure as hell ain't going to be able to own the gold, nor any of the other minerals that come from the earth, nor the crops that come from the earth. They're not going to be able to get the equity, the wealth that comes from land ownership. Land appreciates in value. It's one thing you can buy that's always going to become worth more and more and more. And they've stolen 20 million acres of land from us just between 1910 and 1997 alone. They said in the 1900, that entire century, we lost somewhere close, and don't quote me on the number, but it was somewhere like 400 to 500 billion dollars. That's not even including the what we lost and had stolen from us in the 1800s and what we've had stolen from us since the turn of the new millennium. So I, it's a shame that, and first of all, thank you, and I'm happy that you, you were able to see that you are not alone in someone realizing that land theft is a major issue that has impacted Black Americans. And these Democrats for whom we vote, they will talk about land theft for Black Americans, but what the hell are you doing about it? Yeah. You can get up there. You can write legislation for it. They do it for illegal immigrants. They're doing it for trans people. They're doing it for Asians. But with us, all we get is a nice little speech is that. They do no laws for us. So I'm glad that you were able to see that you are not alone. But I'm also, it, it, I'm infuriated that we still don't have enough people talking about this issue. And not just that, even if they talk about it, not enough is being done about it. And that's why I decided to run again after my first campaign. And, you know, after the first campaign, you know, you, you did not win, but you did not lose. And, like, you won sure more. Is. You won more for Thank the people. You. you know what I'm saying? Um, you showed the people, like you say, doing it out your own back pocket. So anybody else who ain't doing, coming with that same energy you come, they really don't really give a fuck. You know, this is plain and simple. So, but the one thing I was wondering, man, because I see, you know, you still move. It's like your campaign never stopped. Like you just kept going, kept going, kept going. Well, it's like the shit you learn, like personally, like in your own personal world after your first political year. Well, one thing I learned is I have more resources available to me than I have been using. You know, at first, I was like, I need money, money, money. And let me tell you, I do need money. Mm -hmm. We're never going to get the representatives we need if we're not willing to invest money in them. It's a shame that's the way it works, but it is. Now, we may not have as much wealth, obviously, as other groups, but we do have enough wealth where we can afford to donate to our politicians. I have almost 24,000 followers on Twitter. At the time, though, I had like 22,000, and I said if just each of my 22,000 followers gave me $5 once a month, that would be $105,000 a month, and that's just 22,000. There are over 50 million black Americans in the United States of America. Just 22,000 
$5 once a month, $105,000. If I was bringing that in at least once a month, I would be able to run commercials 24-7. One of the issues in my area, people tell me all the time, man, had I known about you, I would have came out and vote for you. I had old ladies say, if people will hear you talk, they will never vote for Clyburn again. People don't know me. And even when people meet me and they like me, people go back to dealing with things in their life. They forget about me. People have to see and hear from me all the time. But I am not Superman. I can't travel the world in five seconds. And you know, I, work. I got a bunch I of people. In, I, I got a bunch of people in South Carolina. So um, when we did the first show, you know, I don't have a huge platform. You know what I mean? And plus, I ain't catch up with the times. I don't do video shit. I do audio because um, I find the beauty in audio right uh, more so than the visualization everything's so visualized and i think that's why the whole world got add anyway but it's a couple people that reached out after and they they really was fucking with you but the thing is they listened to my show after the election you know so their grandmothers and shit was voting right. for claiborne and they were like man i wish i heard that i would have told my grandma don't vote for that nigga <laughs> you know what I mean? so I, I love that you got like that the, the I think in your next one's going to be crazy. I think um, what you have more time on, you know what I mean? You have more time. You have you, you, So you're just building and building and building. And I think a lot of people are waking up. Like you said, he actually has to work now. And a lot of people are waking up to what's going on with us politically. Um, I, 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 will, I like to finish the, this is the point I was making about donations. It is important. I cannot emphasize how important that is. We have to have those donations in. Like I said, the $5, when I had 22,000 followers, I'm at 24,000 now or getting close or from there. The $5 once a month from each of my 22,000 followers, $105,000 a month. That allows for commercials to be put on air. People keep seeing you. People are going to remember you. And once people remember you, they're going to start listening to you. And if they keep hearing you, they're going to remember what you're saying. And if it resonates with them, they're more likely to follow through with it. You're able to pay people to knock on doors, to go and give out flyers. You're able to hold events. You're able to rent venues. You're able to buy um, flyers and mailers. You're able to get on radio shows. You're able to travel more throughout the district. So money is extremely important. But I realized that even outside of the money, I do have supporters. And like you mentioned, some people have found out about me since after the election. And I'm asking them, hey, do you have connections with a college, with an organization? And quite a few of them do. So they are now inviting me to some of their friends to my own businesses to speak with their friend. And then their friend tells another friend and that friend tells another friend. Little ways like that are easy, cheap ways to get my name out there. So that's one thing I've learned being on the campaign trail. The second thing I've learned is that I have to be, I'm usually, I'm very long-winded, but I have to be short and to the point. And I've always been very upfront and honest. So now I'm telling black people, we're dying. We don't own anything. And y'all keep letting it happen. This is how you stop by voting for me. That's literally how I'm approaching them now. I'm old or young. And with, if they have more time, I break it down. But I have to get to the point. I have to stop. I, I'm never going to, I'm not going to dumb down my message because we're not dumb people. But I have to be direct and let them know you keep doing what you're doing. You're killing yourself. You're killing everyone you love. And in five, 15 years from now, 
we're going to have nothing. We're going to be living on other people's property. We're going to be working for other people, and we ain't going to have a pot to piss in. If that's what you want, keep doing what you're doing. If you want something different, here's what I'm offering. Vote for me. Check me out. If you don't like what I'm offering and you don't like what's happening now, then you run for office. But what we're doing now is not going to work. Those are just some of the lessons I've learned. I also learned people, I am not going to tone down. Um, people want me to be a non-threatening liberal. People want me to make people comfortable. Hell with all of that. My people are not comfortable. Are you comfortable right now with the way Black America is being treated? Obviously not. I am not comfortable. So when my people get the wealth and the protection and the safety we need, then I will care about people being comfortable. Until then, hell with everyone else's comfort until my people get justice. And last but not least, and I already was thinking like this, we have to also learn to work with people that we may not like or with who we may not agree with 98% of the time. I was at the State House all day Thursday this past week talking with nothing but white Republicans here in South Carolina. And Madison, let me tell you, you won't believe it, it went well. It went phenomenally well. They did something the Democrats have never done. They introduced us on the House and announced us and announced that we're here to work on ways to use resources to specifically benefit Black South Carolinians instead of these dead-end programs that, that just give money to the bureaucracy and then the people are still as poor as they were before. We want to have people lift out of poverty, not pay them to stay in poverty, which is what we're doing right now. You know, and you, I, I noticed something with your last campaign, right? Because um, last time we talked, we, we, we spoke about uh, you being homosexual and stuff like that, right? And I see that's the one thing they go to bashing you about on Twitter. And I'm like, that's fucking dumb. Like, it, okay, it, it, if you was fucking Beyonce, that, that don't matter, but you're talking these facts, right? When we did the interview... And I said, you can easily be elected if you were had like the LGBT stuff, but you don't do that. And the answer you gave, if I remember correctly, was I'm black first and paraphrase, I'm black first and black people at the bottom of that LGBTQ uh, plus shit anyway. And I was like, yo, he real as fuck. And what, what's crazy is you seem like a perfect candidate for what the Democratic Party says they're for, but I kind of felt like they were against you. Um, and they're, they're leaning more to, towards... Well, they were. They're, they're leaning more towards people of color. And it's like, what about the colored people? You know, and I think that people of color shit is trignology. It's like a, it's like a trick on words. But whenever shit happens that benefits people of color, it leaves out the American colored people, the freedmen, the FBA, whichever, whichever title we want to go with. But we know who we're talking about. And we always get the shit in of those sticks. And it's not a, you don't, I have a saying, you don't have to hate others to love yourself, but you do have to love yourself to get your respect. And so much of us get tricked with that people of color and think they referring to us, but it don't really be talking about us. <laughs> you know, it, it don't. And 10 years ago, I would have fell for that shit. But like I said, I kind of had an awakening and I started noticing a lot of, you know, we want to, when you you want to see a, a example of bipartisanship? For years, they've been talking about the immigration problem at, at um, Texas, right? How the illegals were coming in, the illegals were coming in. You didn't see them work together till the Haitians came. So 
that shows you a fucking lot. It was bipartisan as fuck to get them out of here. How the treatment with Ukraine, it's a cry for Ukraine, tears for Ukraine, tears for Ukraine. And you got people over here that are in poverty. What you dropped, you dropped the amputation numbers in the last interview. And that shit blew my mind that that so much amputation is happening right there in your area. And you never hear anybody bring that up. Like, why are these people getting amputated so much? You know, that, that's crazy. And that just shows lack of medical attention. It's a lot of shit. I'm bringing that up because you said you, you're long-winded. But the long-winded shit you were saying had to be said. And you know, you don't know how much time you blessed on earth. Um, so I, it's, it's always hard to not say everything you want to say. With that, um, Well, let me tell you. No, I was going to say, yeah, one, I'm going to just clarify a bit what you said. It's no, you said that it's like the Democrats and in this note, the Democrats, because if you're not doing right by black Americans for who primarily vote for you, then you are a Democrat. It, you said it's like the Democrats have abandoned black Americans. No, it's not no light they have. They definitely abandoned black Americans. But then, you know, I realized that I am wrong for saying that. They have not abandoned us because in order to abandon someone, you have had to have been with them and have been sticking by them in the first place. They ain't never been with us. They ain't never been for us. So I really can't say they've abandoned us because they've never been with us. It's the con. <laughs> it's not even a con. Nope. It's, no, it's our people. We, when have they ever done right by us never and, and that's why they i say that's even now they're, they're more blat they're more blatant about it now but they've never been for us but that's we why that's why I, that's why i say it's the, this the, the con. that's why i say it's the con right I, I did an episode called connery versus coonery right and i used barack obama for an example um when barack ran you remember they said oh he's the first african-american president right which is true He's African and he's American, but they use he's not Af black American. He's, he's not a, like African-American. And then so they, they went to pushing that narrative, pushing that narrative. But in all reality, yeah, he's not a black American. He's yeah, not he, a, he's probably he's not more a black descendant of American slaves. Yeah, he is a descendant of an American enslaver. So. So, yeah, he's closer. Like I, I always say that shit. He's closer to the slave master than the slave. But we, we fell for the African-American. And it's like he was nothing like us. <laughs> he did not have the blood of a black American slave going through his body. He was not a black American. So they could have said he's the first quote unquote black president, but he sure as hell is not the first black American president because black Americans should refer only to those of us who are black descendants of American slaves, not that, some immigrant. Yeah, and he's purely African American. He, he, he he's just a black Elon Musk, <laughs> you know. So I thought that's it. So I never thought about that before. That's why I was just like him, though. <laughs> hey, you know what I wanted to ask you about? You, you, so I know you you up to date with you, that family that got that property back in California, right? Um, that uh -huh. that was stripped from their ancestors, and they got it back. And when they got it back, I said, I said, I feel something's weird about that shit, right? Like, I feel like something is weird because they, they made it too public. Like, like, hey, look at me, white people. We're doing good for right. these black people. And then when right, they. Right, like, look at us. You see? We're not so bad. <laughs> exactly. 
But then, so when they sold it, right? When they sold it, I never, I saw the details in which like they sold it for this much and they, they sold it undervalued in my opinion, but I feel like something was there. Like, you know, like it was something that, that was never put out. Cause I, I said, it just didn't like, I don't want to sit here and think like, Oh, they just wanted the money when, you know, it was a principality behind a lot of it. And so I was wondering like, like what, what was your thoughts on that? Cause like, I kind of feel like it was kind of like a, a, a coercion to that shit. And I, it, I don't have no evidence of that. I'm just talking. So it's not saying it's factual, but that's just how I feel. Like maybe they was threatening them with ordinances and shit like that. And so they just sold it, and, you know, went on about their day. But, you know, you, you, you're, you're I mean, more across the world than me. I don't know all the details about the restitution of that land. What I do know is they were trying to say reparations. No, that's not no damn reparations. First of all, reparations is on the federal level. It's not state level matter. That's one. But number two, I don't know what type of strings were attached. It wasn't as cut and dry as here's your land. Y'all have it. No, first of all, they should have not just given them back that land. They should have also given them the wealth that they were robbed of if they would have kept that land and if their ancestors would have kept their very successful businesses that they had established on that coastal property. That would have been something like reparations. Their land should have been tax exempt. I don't know if it was. Maybe I didn't follow the story to that extent. I am disappointed that they sold it. I also saw that one of the family members I think had a white wife. You know, people would say, oh, that's nothing wrong with that. No, well, yeah, kind of it is, because that means that wealth is going to be going to a white family, her family, if they divorce. Yeah. When it wasn't her family that was wrong, it was his black American family that was wrong. But now they get to partake in the wealth. And here's the thing that bothers me about that. Some white people would love to say, well, I'm not racist, or, you know, my family wasn't racist. They raised them to treat everybody equal. Okay, I am not concerned. I am not concerned about how not bad you are. See, some people think they're good people, but they're not bad. No, it's not, it's not enough to be not bad. Yeah. I need you to be good. So if you're one of those good white people, when you see those bad white people in power doing something to these black people who have no power, and they're doing it just because they're black, I need you to use your goodness as a white person, to stand up and stop them from doing badness to this person just because they're black. And that lady's family, I bet you if you go through history, they were not out there trying to stop any lynching. They were not out there trying to stop the hundreds and hundreds of laws that deprive black Americans of land, of wealth, of life, of health, of education, of progress, of inheritance. I could go on. So it kind of bothers me that now, if they divorce, or either way, her family's going to benefit from wealth that his family has been robbed from. And as far as them selling it, look, I'm sure they had their reasons, and it seems like they're going to still get a pretty good penny from the land, but obviously, I would have loved for them to have held on to it, because land is damn important. And their ancestors died heartbroken because that land was not that land was stolen from them, but also successful 
businesses they established on that land. I wish they would have taken it and had done something to develop that land and make it something of a Black Wall Street. I want all of our people to get back to the South, but there are Black people in California. There are Black people who are going to stay in California. They could have made it into something of a Black Wall Street. Bring your Black business here. You know, bring your, let's have some uh, uh, Black American conscious movement event here. All the things they could have done. Now, I, it did not seem like they were thinking like that. But again, let me say, I'm saying this as a person who doesn't know all the, fi- all the fine yeah, details yeah. that went into this bill. That's why I say I wish they would have kept it, but uh, they're going to still, they're going to still get money from it. And who knows what they might do with that money. Yeah. Like with that, with that topic itself, like I don't have details. So I, that's why I say no facts is just how I feel. I don't want nobody like, Hey, you stated, and I'm just, yeah, I stated that as an opinion. That's how I felt about it. You know, um, and looking at what you said about like going back to the South, back to the South, like I was talking about it on here and I had a couple of people from New York, like get upset. Cause I say, shit, you pay three grand for a studio rat infested apartment in New York. You could take that same three grand a month and buy you some property down here and, and bring your skill set, bring your fucking, your, your trade down here. You know what I mean? And come, just come back home. Really? You know, um, I always think it's so like amazing when I talk to people up north, well, from up north, um, brothers from up there, and they feel like, you know, the South is, the South is so racist. The South is so racist. I'm like, you, you know, you in, you in America, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, that shit's everywhere. New York City, one of the worst racial riots, no, the worst racial riot in New York City, in America, was in New York City, not the South. Right now, you got these black farmers, the Mallory, who are in Colorado. They have a thousand acres of farmland, and they are being terrorized in that almost all-white county. And according to them, because I have to say allegedly, the they say the police department is in on it as well. That's in Colorado. That's not the South. Okay, yeah, the South has anti-black racism, as does all of America. But the South also has a lot of, has the most black Americans. So when something goes down, you have your people around you that have your back. We are also able to organize and hopefully get someone on cold to run for office. And that person doesn't have to worry about not getting elected because other groups might not vote for them because they think a person saying, I'm going to do something for black Americans somehow means the same as I'm not going to do something for any other group. No, I am going to do things specifically as Americans. I am unapologetic about that. But I also have policies that are going to help all groups, but I am never going to shy away from helping my people and say, I'm going to do things specifically for my people. But when you are in an area that's majority black, you don't have to walk on eggshells or, you know, have to tone down your message because the most of the people to whom you will have to present your platform to are going to be people just like you. And that's one of the reasons why we need to get to the South to get the numbers so that when a candidate runs for office, they can run on a pro-black American platform without being at the mercy of a population that's probably majority non-black American. When we were the majority in the South, 
during the days of Reconstruction, we had an all-black state legislator in South Carolina. All of the, most of the South Carolina Congress was black, and they were doing policies specifically for black Americans. Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, those states had large numbers of black Americans too. They were able to get an office because the large majority in Mississippi, Louisiana, and South Carolina, the majority of the population was black. And, and Georgia, Florida, I believe Alabama, they were a few percentage points for being the majority. Right now, though, we're all spread out. And even though there are states with large black populations, we're not the majority in any state. But we can easily become the majority right now in two states in particular. Mississippi is the easiest one. After Mississippi, Georgia, and then after Georgia, South Carolina, and Alabama, and then, oh, no, actually, it is Mississippi number one, Georgia number two, and then after Georgia, it's, it's a toss-up between Maryland and South Carolina. Maryland might get there first, but Maryland and South Carolina, and then Alabama. So we definitely have ways to organize and get out, and of course, Louisiana, I'm sorry, I need to visit. Louisiana and Mississippi are number one, number two, blackest state. Mississippi can easily come number one. Georgia has the fastest growing black American population. So it has had the fastest growing for a long time. So Georgia's heading there, then Louisiana, Maryland, South Carolina, and then Alabama. So we can get those numbers again. But uh, people are leaving New York City anyway. And it kills me when black Americans act like New York City, they have such, like, like it's such their home when really black Americans were in the South, major we, we have always, the majority of us have always been in the South. Even at the height of the Great Migration, 52% of black Americans were still in the South. Yeah. So we've only been like in California or in the Northeast. The majority of us have only been in those places for what, well, two, one to two generations. Yeah. So I, I need us to stop acting like they're so not Southern when the South is where we've been for most of our presence in this country for the majority of us. Detroit fried chicken. Detroit is known for frying fucking chicken. Where you learn how to fry that chicken? You ain't learn that shit from Canada. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The, the most famous restaurants in New York City, some of the most famous restaurants in New York City with the black people there are restaurants like Sylvia's. Sylvia is a black American woman who is right here from the South Carolina Low Country, my region, and her restaurant became big time famous because the people who were coming up from the South to New York, mainly South Carolinians, they loved the fact that they were able to eat the food that they ate at home in South Carolina. I mean, rap, uh, rap music has its roots in the South, hip hop period, from break dancing to graffiti to um, rapping, a lot of things that have uh, most things with black American culture, nearly all of it has its roots in the South, nearly all of it. Yeah, and and, and that's the, we got to be clear when we say the and South, you're talking about the 62% South. 2% of our people live in the South. Yeah, we got to be clear when we talk about the South because I don't want people like Buster Rhymes saying, oh, they mean the South, South of Jamaica. Like, nah, motherfucker, that shit's not down here. Like, I saw that was a whole big debacle a couple months ago about, you know, like the Caribbean starting rap music. And it's like, nah, man, cut that shit out. And it, 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 it's been fuck that. 
You know what I mean? Like, if for you to believe that, that means you want to believe they that. Can, they can say that lie as often as they want. It's still going to be a lie. Yeah. You know, if they make a, a um, Marcel Dixon highlight tape, the funniest shit I ever seen you do was when you ran down on Warnock and he was scared as hell. <laughs> I was like, you just trying to talk and he tried to ignore the shit out of you. And I said, there's somebody somewhere that's going to make a best of Marcel. I, I watched, you, you know who um, Councilman Mays is? Um, maybe. I, I hear a lot of names. So I probably have to just see them. He's a, he's a, he's a, um, he's a black American. Uh, he don't take no shit on that council seat. And he's very fucking funny. But they, they got all these. Like, Wait, what's his name? Uh, Eric Mays. What's his name again? Eric Mays. Where is he? He's in Detroit. No, I, I, I don't know. If you get a chance, watch that brother. He is funny as hell. Um, but they, they make like all of these um highlight tapes of him. And he has like about fifteen different fifteen to twenty different highlights. This is how active he is. And I said they're they gonna probably do that to Marcel because <laughs> how you hit the ground running and like you would do it this show, this show, this show, this show, you ain't stand down, like you just straightening people and this and that. And then I think about the Warnock. The Warnock shit had me fucking dying. Cause you were like the lady was trying to go and you were like, oh, excuse me, miss, I'm next. <laughs> and he was trying to pick over your shoulder, like, who's next? Who's next? You like, I'm, I'm right here. I'm right. <laughs> shit was funny as hell. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can, you can. I mean, here's the thing. You can ignore me, but you still want care for me. That's why. That's why I told Clyburn. I said you can ignore me, but you're gonna always hear from me. Now. And I think it's so funny when you like you want to debate these people. They're not gonna debate you. Um, no, it, 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 because they will be revealed for the failures and anti-black bigots that they are. You're like you're like the um, club of Lang of politics. It's like I want to fight, Rocky. I want to fight. You a coward. You. <laughs> it's like, oh no, we ain't gonna give you no fight. No, 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 no. Now I want to fight. You know, show the people you bad. You know, show them. Show them. Let's go. Let's do it. No, 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 club. Chill, club. <laughs> That's what it seemed like. It was fucking hilarious. Um, I like to see shit like that. Like maybe you know I'm I'm war minded, but I love seeing shit like that where these politicians talk like good game and they say big words and you know I'm gonna sound appealing and you know I always I'm always against a preacher that's a politician. Um, so I was against that off rip and I think it's so weird that we got like the only people we are the only people where it's a lot of times it's preachers. They get up there and they try to do the old we shall overcome Negro spiritual, but at the same time they ain't saying exactly. shit. Exactly. Don't sing me no don't sing no goddamn song to me. Don't sing no song telling me how we should overcome. Get up there and fight for us to overcome. Get up there and write legislation so we can overcome. This is not no this is not my grandparents' era of locking arms in the street and singing. That is so old and played out. You are now in office. Get up there and write legislation to protect black Americans. If you can't do that, then you better have someone protect you from me. Now. I, I pissed the Christians off last right, year. Howard. I pissed the Christians off last year that, that follow me um, because I started to show off with the We Shall Overcome. And right when it hits that We Shall Overcome, I came on and said, In some pussy. And then I, went, I just ran with the show. And I talked about how, you know, we get the Negro spiritual, the, um, you know, before I be a slave, this, none, 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 none. But 
all you're doing is singing us these these Bible verses and shit. Even Nat Turner woke up from that shit. So that's how it's gonna, it, it got to be that way. You can't keep selling us this this illusion. And I think it, it, it takes for, you know, someone like you to come through and they actually listen to you give because you give history lessons. You know what I mean? And you compare the history to the now and with the history and the now you can see where the future's headed. And that's that's good shit. You know, instead of how we feel. Like fuck the feelings, this is the statistics. You know, this is the numbers. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. And this is the numbers. So that's that's dope. And I look, man, I ain't gonna hold you all me and you long winded. So you know, let you go. But I, I would like you tell the people like where they can donate to, where they can do, find this and, and contribute so they can help their, their babies. You know what I mean? Well, uh, the MarcelForCongress.com, and that's M-A-R-C-E-L-F-O-R-C-O-N-G-R-E-S-S.com slash donate. I'm going to just say it again, y'all. It's so very, very, very important that people donate. You don't have to have a lot to donate. But a lot of a little makes a lot. And I'm not just talking about to me. Hopefully, we will have more candidates running on a reparations platform. And real reparations is direct cash payments, compensation for stolen land, initiatives to bring back black businesses, the return of the Freeman's Bureau. I want our people to understand that there is nothing to do with old. Um, program education, free education. Oh, hey, um, you get to go on a free trip to an African country. None of that is no reparations. Pay us and help us get the justice we deserve from our country, which is America. Now, I thank you for having me. Hey, no, the the pleasure is all mine. I, you know, I, conversations like this is always um great when I can introduce somebody to you, like I did last time. Um especially when you you know you you building up so it, for me to be a part of you know your movement as much as i can it's my blessing um and i thank you god for giving me that opportunity um and i thank you for your time well, I also really you gotta go and I, I hope to come back soon most definitely you always welcome here brother most definitely well thank you for that i appreciate that yes sir brother hey you have a great weekends and blessings to you and your family thank you you too all right brother Involuntary, done contrary to or without choice. Immigrant, definition one, a person who immigrates. Definition two, a plant or animal that becomes established where it was previously unknown.